Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Southeast Tech Podcast, hosted by Morris Manning and Martin Techlaw. This is your host, Kelly Kelly. Hello, this is John Yates, and I chair the technology practice at the law firm of Morris Manning and Martin. And it's good to be here today for the MMM Tech Law and Business Report, along with my colleague, Amy Singer. Amy is a partner in our corporate tech practice and works with some of the fastest growing tech companies in the Southeast. We're particularly honored today to be interviewing and be with Mark Buffington and Paul Judge. And these are two individuals that have been key leaders in this tech community, and they really have set the standard for excellence with regard to providing support to entrepreneurships, entrepreneurs, and innovation within Atlanta. And now they have a very exciting venture with Panoramic Ventures with the tagline of taking a wider view. So I'm going to turn it over to Amy, who is going to enter into a fireside chat with Paul and Mark and learn a little bit more about Panoramic. And I'm sure they can tell you about the exciting developments they have in their new fund. So Amy, I'll turn it over to you. Thanks, John. And thanks again to Mark and Paul for participating in this podcast. As John said, you guys have formed Panoramic Ventures, a new venture fund in Atlanta. And give us the elevator pitch how you started. I know that your tagline is, we're giving a wider view approach to investing. What do you mean by that? Wider view, if you think about the, the, the goal of a venture fund, I mean, you're, you're really you know, searching for outliers. You're searching for, for companies that are, are going to really change the world and deliver great returns. And there's so many venture funds looking in all the same places. And what we realize is there's a few places that are overlooked that actually have really great entrepreneurs and great companies and uh, the ability to deliver outsized returns. And it comes down to us to, to three things. One is geography. And so we're, we're based right here in Atlanta, which you know expands to Georgia, expands to the Southeast, expands to the Midwest. And you know th- this region has been overlooked in terms of, of VC funds. I mean, you look at the Southeast and the Midwest, it has almost half of the population of the country but has only received less than 15% of the venture capital funding. And so there's a lot of overlooked opportunities and amazing companies. And then the, the second point is, is diversity. Uh, if you look at you know, black founders, for example, receive less than 1% of funding. Uh, female founders receive less than 3% of funding, but there's, there's so much untapped talent uh, and ideas there. So we're, we're, we're focused there. And then the third is when we say wider view, it's looking at universities. I mean, if you look at kind of the technology ecosystem, so many of the great ideas that create the technology that we know today started off either as students at universities or in research labs. And there's there's over $80 billion a year of, of research that happens at universities in, the, in this country. And our focus is how do we help commercialize that and bring those to life? And if you look at those three areas of of geography and diversity and university, that's what we mean by, by take a wider view. But it's also exactly what we've been doing historically. We look at the investing that I've been doing, the investing that Mark and, and BIP have been doing. It's exactly what we've been doing over the years, but now we're able to do it in a unified approach and, and do it at, at greater scale. Well, we really appreciate that. I mean, I know personally in my industry, there's very few um, women founders who have been investing with private equity or venture capital. So it's, um, it, hit home, it hits home to me. So tell us about what, Mark, what are you looking for in a seed company? So what would be your ideal seed company? What does the founders need to possess? What kind of product? What scalability? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Paul hit it. Uh, you know, maybe just to add a few things to that and I'll segue into that question. You know, we, 
We really have been doing this for a long time. So we're looking for things that other people aren't looking for, you know, just to add to some of the fact. So 36% of the Inc. 5000 are located in the Southeast and the Midwest. Those companies are growing on average at, you know, 160% a year and a very small percent, 14% of the capital is going to those companies. You mentioned females and less than 3% of the venture capital goes to females, but they're 50% of the population. I mean, there's just absolutely an arbitrage and imbalance there. And so I think, you know, in a big picture, it starts with imbalance. I mean, Paul and I both are kind of middle to lower middle classers that came out, you know, with a lot of energy and ambition to make it. And I think both of us through our own paths to get to where we are today realized, gosh, there's a lot of people out there like us, great ideas, got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, frankly. I always like that when I meet, you know, a male, female, black, white, Latinx founder that is like, I'm just going to freaking make it and I'm going to climb the wall and I'm going to deal with all the pain that you have to deal with to build and scale up a, a startup. You know, so I like, you know, on the qualitative side in a seed investment, I that's the person I want, but that has to be balanced with, you know, a real ability to listen, to listen to clients and customers. And that's pretty rare to find. I mean, you, you find these people that are like highly ambitious. They got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. There are just tons of energy to work through the tough times, but they're also great listeners. And so those are the kind of the qualitative things. And I think, you know, then the obvious things are, are they dealing with a really big problem? It's been our experience that to build a smaller company, you know, I'm just making up numbers, but five to 10 million of ARR, it's just as hard to do that, which was relatively a smaller company than it is to take on a really big challenge. It could be a hundred million dollar company. So we, we demand that they're addressing a big problem with a big addressable market. We look for, you know, scenarios where the buyer is compelled to buy the product. It's just not kind of a nice to have. And then, you know, when you look at that, okay, big market, they, you have a product or a service that the buyer is going to tear out of your hands and nobody else can provide a substitute or there's not a lot of competition around, that's a great scenario for the category or the market. But then, you know, so you say, okay, great, you know, market opportunity, but is this company prepared to go capture it? And, you know, that's what we're assessing. It's harder to do in those really early seed stages. So you're looking at, okay, where are the gaps? What have they done within those areas that is, you know, really clever and shows that they're going to be good at this as you scale through time? And, you know, then we use a lot of proprietary data that we've built over years and years of doing this to, you know, augment and make better decisions on the bets we make. But that's, that's basically it, Amy. It's, you know, big category, great opportunity, founders prepared to go capture it. And then we use data to not identify the good, not the great, but the truly exceptional. Yeah, that makes sense. So when I try to, you know, match make my clients with money or investors, I like to match them with an investor who is knowledgeable of the industry that they're in or the product they're in. I think it's really important for them to find talent and what tribulations they're going through in the market. Do you focus on a particular sector or industries at Panoramic? I mean, we do. We, you know, we like to focus on making investments around the talent we have. So the way we say that is, you know, we're focused on making investments where we have deep domain expertise and large leverageable networks. And you know, that always helps. And so that would be healthcare IT, FinTech, cybersecurity. Paul really brings that strength to us now. You know, what we're calling frontier tech, which is the application of advanced computing to new problems. A great example of that would be like Pointivo, which is computer visioning for drones. 
and enterprise software as a service, and then media tech. And you know, those are really our our spaces. Oh, sorry, I missed one. Software tools. You know, we we you know, with companies like QE Symphony, Tricentis, Cypress, Cobaton. You know, we really believe that the picks and shovels play. Like, I don't think anybody believes that software won't be a thing for the next twenty years. And I was just on a uh, on a call prior to the last call talking to one of our portfolio company CEOs, and they were lamenting that they can't hire enough de developers. And so we're trying to solve that problem. But I mean, that's a clear case of everybody's trying to build software to solve problems. And we're trying to sell picks and shovels. And we, you know, that's a big theme of ours. And so, but uh, so th th those are the spaces And I might add, certainly, I think it's a good idea for, you know, you guys to pair people with you know, entrepreneurs with investors who have deep domain expertise mm -hmm. and can leverage those networks. But I think the other thing that gets overlooked a lot that's relevant is, do those capital providers have the ability to meet the founders where they are? Can they help them develop, fill gaps and scale? And I think, you know, some companies, investors, our, our peers, competitors, co-opetition, whatever you want to call it, you know, they really put a lot of emphasis on domain expertise, but I think doing startups is requires, you know, another dimension, which is, you know, really helping those founders grow and learn and learn how to scale a business in general, not just within that space, if that makes sense. And so Paul and I have invested a lot of time and energy making sure that, you know, the founder success program that we have really increases the odds of success for them. Yeah, I was just gonna add, that was my next question is to talk about the founder success program. And now just also thinking through you know, just, just other areas, uh, when you talk about areas of, you know, expertise and, and just themes where we, you know, there's one thing about like air places we've built companies before, right? So cybersecurity, enterprise IT, there's a, this other thing of, you know, where the world is going and places where, where companies need to be built, right? And so you look at kind of what's happening with, you know, remote workforce right now and what's happening with, with live events right now, there's a lot of companies working on, you know, what does the next version of that look like in terms of streaming, in terms of virtual reality, what it means to do collaboration in the office when people aren't in the office, you know, also kind of how like content and community are coming together and like how, how FinTech's changing. And, you know, if you look at what's happening right now with like NFTs and, and, and crypto, there's so many emerging areas where, very few people have experience, right? And it's a new world. You know, it's kind of like this, this joke right now you see sometimes of you take an app like Clubhouse and it's becoming very popular. And now all of a sudden companies are trying to hire people with, with Clubhouse experience, right? And so you might see a job list, like I need someone that's a, a Clubhouse expert with three years of experience. It's like, well, it's only no, a year. Uh, three years of experience. And so, you know, that's that's part of the, the, the role too, is, you know, not only helping companies in, in places where we've been before, but being able to help to kind of where the, where the world is going uh, moving forward and having a view on, on what the world's going to look like, you know, 10 years from now. But then to, to your question of, of how we help founders and the founder success program, I think, you know, one thing that, you know, Mark and I absolutely have in common is you know, we, we've, we've built companies and, you know, we've, we've built some companies that have been successful. We've been part of companies that have, you know, that have struggled and you, you learn, you know, many lessons in, in both sides of that. And when you're, you're working with a new entrepreneur that is, you know, maybe has an amazing idea, uh, has his vision and passion and skill set, but you're able to help with the different parts of company building 
from recruiting and team building, uh, you know, to product market fit, to sales and go to market, to how you think about partnerships and scale. And what happens is some companies experience kind of different low points in each of these or need to optimize these at different points in the life cycle. So it's not just a, a standard playbook. It's not go follow these 12 steps and you'll be successful. Right. It kind of depends right. on kind of where the company is in its life cycle. But we, we, we have a dedicated team that focuses on that and works with the company's post investment. Uh, in addition to the, the actual you know, investment partners who continue to serve on boards and, and so forth. And we spend a lot of time, Mark and the team have built some, some great software to track the financial progress and metrics of companies and compare it to their peers to help highlight problems before the company maybe even realize that those are, are indeed problems. And so by kind of doing this monitoring of the key metrics, but also being able to go dive in and help with key functional areas, it, it increases the likelihood of success and then it increases the, the scale of, of success, right? And because so much of building startups is about growth and about kind of having faster iterations, right? Doing what might take a month, doing it in a week, what might take a week, doing it in a day. If you can continue to shorten those timeframes, just the, the compounding effect of growth makes the company more successful. And that's kind of what we end up spending a lot of time on, you know, once we're, we're involved in a company. Yeah, that sounds good. So I like the fact that you're looking to help the founder succeed and not come in with a playbook. You know, there's a lot of private equity firms that come in with a playbook and they want to replace management or change management, but you're really looking to have this founder get an opportunity and succeed, teach them the the tools so they can have a successful startup. That's really amazing that you're doing that for the community and in giving the wider view to diverse gender and race to give them opportunities they otherwise wouldn't have. Well, I thank you guys for coming and we're looking forward to seeing what Panoramic Ventures can do in the market. Well, thank you. And thanks thank for you. everything you guys do. Oh, our pleasure. MMM is proud to host the SE Tech Podcast featuring technology companies in the Southeast. For more information, contact John Yates. His email address is jyates at mmmlaw.com. Also, be sure to visit mmmtechlaw.com for up-to-date information on tech law developments.